Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the Share Less Highlights podcast with me, Charlotte Collins. This week, I'm joined remotely, of course, by Lou Huff, Heather Steele, and Harriet Russell. Hi, everyone. Hello. Hello. Hi. I'm going to launch straight in this week and ask what has everybody been watching, listening to, etc. Heather? So, has anyone else been watching I May Destroy You on the BBC? No, and I'm so annoyed because I really, really meant to watch it in advance of the podcast <laughs> and I didn't get a chance to. So go on, tell us about it. Oh, honestly, you're in for a treat. It's really good. It's on iPlayer at the moment. It's Michaela Cole who did Chewing Gum for Channel 4 a few years ago. And it's a 12-part series about a woman called Arabella who's a sort of millennial Twitter sensation who has a book deal it starts with her in Italy and kind of she's meant to be on a writing retreat and she isn't she's just like partying and then by the end of the first episode she's been raped and from there on in it just deals with all different types of rape and consent issues and just the murkiness of sort of dating in today's world world but it's not all like deadly serious it focuses on friendships and there's lots of humor in it and she's a really likable character so it's almost a bit like fleabag in a way it kind of manages to touch on lots of serious issues but it feels really contemporary and really you know sort of fresh and fun at the same time but honestly it's the best thing I've seen in ages so I like definitely watch it I saw I think it was Pandora Sykes put something on Instagram saying everybody should be comparing her to Phoebe Waller-Bridge like it's that level of modern I guess genius and modern I suppose yeah and I think a lot of it is based on experiences that she's had herself so it it has got this real believability about it and yeah every time I've watched an episode because there's been six now I feel really weird afterwards because it's just so intense but also it's been enjoyable to watch at the same time it's quite unique in that way I was about to say it sounds really different yeah, no, honestly, I really recommend watching it. And the creator, Michaela, she deliberately has only let iPlayer sort of drop two episodes a week. She wants it to be this sort of not something you just binge and forget about, I suppose. So yeah, honestly, I think give it a watch if you haven't already. Thanks, that sounds great. Harriet? I just finished last night, Staged. I don't know if anyone else has heard of this, but basically Michael Sheen and David Tennant were supposed to be rehearsing a play to go on in London when lockdown struck. So their director sort of turned it on its head and sort of went to the BBC and said, let's do this kind of mockumentary almost of him as though they had pretended to try and keep on rehearsing over Zoom during the lockdown. But like I say, it's not serious. I think they probably are actually rehearsing this play, but you don't actually see much much of that (laughs) because instead it's just Zoom calls between David Tennant and Michael Sheen quite a lot of the time trying to get each other on board. But the cameos are unbelievable. So they make up this whole kind of storyline about how Michael Sheen wasn't the first person they wanted in this play. It was actually Samuel L. Jackson. So he comes on the Zoom call at one 
point being like, I thought I was still involved in this play. <laughs> and they have to like turn him down. And then Judy Dench has to come in at the end because David Tennant and Michael Sheen have this massive falling out over Zoom and she has to act as like mediator between them. <laughs> and it's just, it's really funny. But and are they playing themselves? Yes. Yeah, so that's why I say it's like a mockumentary because everyone's playing themselves okay. as though this was actually happening, including the director who's really funny as well. And it's just really interesting and really funny, but very, very dry. So if you don't enjoy sort of dry sense of humour, then maybe it's not for you. But the best part is all the instalments are already on BBC iPlayer and each one is like under 20 minutes. It's very similar to State of the Union, if anyone watched that last year. That's what I was just Um, thinking. It sounds a bit similar in that way. Yeah, it's definitely been designed as like lockdown content. And honestly, there's only six episodes, so you can watch the whole lot in one night. And yeah, I loved it. Love no, that. I meant to watch so that actually. Yeah. Lou, what about you? So I started The Sinner season three on the weekend. Oh, yeah. And I loved the first two. Probably I was obsessed with the first one. The second one was maybe, I don't know, it, I was still captivated, but not so much. So intrigued to see what they were going to do third time round. Obviously, the detective is still played by the same part, but itself kind of a whole new story from the first episode. It's basically about a husband and wife. The wife's just about to have a baby. And the husband has obviously got something in his past. An old school friend kind of pays him a visit in the middle of the night and intrudes on their dinner. And you realize that they've got sort of a secret that she doesn't know about. And then the friend has a car crash and the other guy is complete, kind of walks away completely unhurt. It's got a couple of scratches and it's just sort of telling the tale of how they got to where they are and kind of what has happened. So it's quite creepy, but I am intrigued to keep watching. So, yeah. I didn't watch the second season of The Sinner because I loved the first one and I felt like Jessica Biel was like the main, obviously she was the main part in that first one and it felt like it was so anchored around her and her story that I kind of wasn't all that interested in basically an entirely different show that just had the same title like they're completely different shows yeah. basically aren't they yeah it's just kind of following yeah. around I guess around the same theme of kind of individuals and their demons and not knowing their past and kind of what can come of that but sure. I think and it's the, exactly presumably still, it's the same kind of vibe yeah exactly and she is actually still the executive producer on this series as well so I think she's still very heavily involved in it well speaking of second third series of things on Netflix I mm-hmm. binged The Politician season two this I knew weekend. you were going to say that <laughs> so for those who don't recall The Politician was a Netflix series I think it was last year starring Ben Platt who is son of Gwyneth Paltrow and has high fluting ambitions to work his way up to the White House so it's produced by Ryan Murphy so it's the second Ryan Murphy series to come up during lockdown isn't it because obviously that was Hollywood a few weeks ago which divided opinion but I loved as well and The Politician is just I just absolutely love it I think this season was even better than the first supposedly my understanding is that each series is going to follow his character through a different election until he reaches the White House so the first season was like a high school presidency this season he was running to be a senator in New York the first season there was some kind of really far-fetched elements that still exists in season two but kind of less so and I'm not somebody who watches stuff thinking god is it's fantastic that there's such representation here like and that's that's like my failing but there are two really strong 
characters in this series, women in their 50s and 60s. And my God, it felt so refreshing. Any women in their 50s and 60s would surely would watch that and think like, just realise like, oh my God, women have never been portrayed in this way. They are cool and fiery and sexy and complicated. And it's, it's so much more about them than it is almost about him, the main character. And one of those women is Bette Midler, I should say as well. So like, you know, he's got a pretty stellar cast. And it's just brilliant the outfits are even more incredible than season one it's like a gucci campaign like i read a quote from the sisters who style the season they said that the whole aesthetic is inspired by gloria steinem jfk princess Di, shirley chisholm nancy pelosi the obamas the clintons and angela davis so that gives you a bit of a clue of the aesthetic and then there's such a kind of wes anderson thing going on as well it's just so visually beautiful gwenneth is back looking incredible and it's just so much fun i really really enjoyed it oh, i'm gonna watch it you've sold it to me harriet have you watched season two yet or no no i have to say i was not a huge fan of it i agree with you that aesthetically amazing characterization is great but i sort of got to the end of the first season and i was like everyone here is so thoroughly dislikable (laughs) that i'm not really rooting for anyone so i guess i wasn't very invested so although i knew the second season was coming and it's certainly on my radar and it's kind of like one of those shows that once i run out of things to watch i may (laughs) well watch it because I don't have anyone that I'm like sort of seriously attached to in terms of like, you know, come on, I'm rooting for you. Then, yeah, I don't know. It's a tricky one. I would say, I think there are definitely more characters to like and get behind in season two. But also, and I might have said this on the podcast before, but I really feel like the modern TV show often doesn't have people you can get behind. Like I always Mm. felt like that about Game of Thrones. Like, that it used to be in the past that it was like, you know, people were very black and white. And, mm-hmm. and I feel like what modern characterization does is kind of reinterpret that and make it, uh, people are way more complicated than that. It's not kind of good or bad or, or you know, goody and villain. It's very much like these are real people. And that's mm-hmm. definitely how they're presented in The Politician. Yeah, I, it's difficult, isn't it? Because in the same breath, I want to say, particularly from the point of view of women, I want to say there's definitely an argument that says women in television, in books, wherever, in film they don't have to be likable to be playing an interesting character Mm -hmm. and that is true and I can think of characters that I am attached to that I guess other people might not like but I like them for my reasons Mm -hmm. I guess in The Politician there was just no one who sort of struck a chord with me individually but that is not to say that it's not a good show I can appreciate that it's a good show or exactly that that other people might relate to maybe you're just not a ruthless horrible politician (laughs) like, (laughs) like all the characters involved let's move on and talk about food well this is quite specific we wrote a roundup of great summery salmon salads but it got us thinking about salads it's very I don't know about you guys but I guess because we've been locked down for so long we've had so many like food transitions in my household like we're now very much like in a salad place like I'm sure everybody is so I want to know what are you guys doing to make your salads more interesting what is a good salad for you Lou. Can I just preface this with the definition of what a salad is? Because good question. Like, what would you say a salad is? Because it's not necessarily leafy. It doesn't Agreed. have to be cold. There's or so disagree. Many... I think cold is the definition of salad, personally. Do you? Well, interesting you say that. Because of this, I then looked it up, and it became a dictionary says a yes. cold dish of various mixtures of raw or cooked vegetables, usually seasoned with oil, vinegar, or dressing, and sometimes accompanied with meat, fish, or other ingredients. I think, so that's, I, I think yeah. that's great. Yes. But you would have like 
a pasta salad which does not have leaf that's not a salad though yeah, I've that's always not thought a salad. that it is but I've always thought that's like the funniest thing okay, like yeah. a salad like, like potato salad yeah salad. <laughs> but yeah. when you say like bulgawi or couscous that was a salad yeah we won't but, talk about your pronunciation of either of those I <laughs> 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 knew Charlotte was going to say that <laughs> anyway but anyway. you have those things with vegetables and leaves through them and stuff though yeah so, but so I it, think it is it the leaves be. that make it does it have to have a leaf in it? I don't no, know. No, I think it has to be a series of chopped ingredients that yeah. are cold in a bowl. Okay. And mainly, yeah, veg stuff. Like, you can just have loads of chopped meat and <laughs> Gross. couscous, for example. <laughs> but you say that, but what about a yeah, salad? Yeah. yeah. That's a salad. Exactly. That's not very salad-y. But there, there, it's on there a is, bed of lettuce. I was going to say, there mm. is lettuce in that. Mm. Iceberg, mm. I believe. I like a cob salad. It's not really very salad Anyway, thank you, Lou. It's a good point. In this conversation, the boundaries within which we're going to discuss salads are cold assortments of food if you have varying definitions of what salad means then by all means please do drop us an email Lou based on your discoveries because you've obviously been giving yeah. a lot of thought what did you establish was well, your favourite salad I know Georgie does not agree with me on this but I love fruit in a salad like some chopped grapes some little slices of orange some watermelon pomegranate I just think that is always going to kind of add a little kick and I also think the key to a good salad is different textures. Mm-hmm. So yeah, having definitely. like some nuts in there, some seeds in there. You know, sometimes I feel like meals are lacking it a bit repetitive. So you need your palate, I guess, to be awakened by a different crunch and texture. I think nuts and fruit are essential to a good salad. I completely agree. Yeah. Only some fruit, though. Yeah, that's like, there's a lot of fruit that I'm not. Agree. No. Like, what would you say? No, I would say yeses would be pear, pomegranate grape and orange and maybe apple I wouldn't put grape or orange no peach really? yes peach with like burrata yeah. or like some ham mm. and stuff definitely I, watermelon that's another yeah watermelon's one. a watermelon. great one you, yeah. you say Georgie doesn't like fruit and salads but she made a watermelon mint and feta salad on that the show that is such a good point I do feel like watermelon and feta is like its own thing as opposed yeah. to it being mm-hmm. like a salad yeah like yeah. I think that's an exception because it's like a dish in itself yeah pear I yeah. think is a really good addition as well pear with some blue, blue cheese, cheese. Mm. yeah classic yeah yeah, real winner. Anything more specific, Harriet, that you've been using to pimp your salads? Yeah, I, I know you're a big fan of this cookbook too, but I am obsessed with Bitter Honey by Letitia Clark. And she has this amazing recipe towards the front of her book for a salad which has fig and prosciutto in it. I think it's on a rocket chicory radicchio kind of mix base, which is exactly what you're saying, Lou. Loads of colour, loads of interest, loads of texture. And I love it. I'm addicted to it. It's so good. There's so much good anchovy use in that book. Oh, I love anchovies. I love anchovy. And there's one... Do you know what? I'm actually going to read it to you because it's literally porn. There's this one description. She describes how one should eat anchovies on bread with butter. The bread must have a chewy, giving crumb and a crisp, dark crust. It must be whitish and uncomplicated. None of your fancy granary or heritage rye here. The butter must be cold, pure, chalky, white, unsalted, sliced very thick like cheese. It must be placed, not spread, on the bread. The anchovies must be very fat and juicy, draped liberally over the cool marble white butter slabs like shining pilgrims prostrated an altar. That's it. Oh. <laughs> I mean, that is, that's food yeah. writing, isn't it? Oh, yeah. incredible. She takes the most basic ingredients and makes it sound incredible. That's not a salad at all. I'm so no. sorry. Uh, anyway, Letitia Clark, Harriet, do you know this is coming on the show soon? <gasps> no. Oh my that's God. That's amazing. She is, so I know. I'm, gonna, I'm nabbing that one. Heather, what about you? We've had a fruit discussion. Where do you stand on other textures what do you use to make your salads more interesting 
Well, we also, this isn't in today's lineup of stories. I did a story yesterday for the site on Asian salad dressings. And I think, yeah, at this time of year, that's something I, it's, they're just really fresh, aren't they? I just love Mm -hmm. sort of a little bit of soy sauce with olive oil even can just like really make a salad taste delicious. If I tend to go down the Asian salad dressing, it usually means I then don't put cheese on the salad, which means it's actually healthier than it would be if I made a normal salad, which is just a load of cheese on the salad. Good point. That is literally the best point. I think a dressing can really make or break a salad. Mm. Oh, yeah. But the thing is, if you have amazing olive oil and amazing salt and pepper and balsamic vinegar, you can make any sort of, even if you've got some like sort of sad looking leaves that need eating up and a few tomatoes and some cucumber, you can just make it taste amazing with just a really, like you say, great ingredients to make a simple dressing. Yeah. One of my staples, and particularly lockdown, has been garlic olive oil. Oh, yeah. Um, so we buy garlic olive oil and a lemon olive oil. And the garlic olive oil, then with some really good like virgin olive oil, plus some pomegranate molasses, salt and pepper. Oh, that yeah. is like the oh, ultimate yeah. dressing. Squeeze a lemon. That is the ultimate salad dressing. Another good thing about lockdown, yeah, just being able to eat loads of garlic because you're not going to see anyone <laughs> anyway. I literally, I, it's overflowing. We've got garlic paste. We've got shredded yeah. garlic. We've got, yeah, I mean, all the garlic variants. Smoked yeah. garlic. <laughs> literally all of it. Garlic salt. Yum. Yeah. We made a pasta dish the other night from Nina Parker and it was like a, a broccoli pangratto and it has it this oil. You make the oil before and it's you basically kind of heat oil with chili flakes and sesame seeds for like a couple of minutes and then that just makes the most incredible kind of nutty spicy dressing which oh, you then put over, the, put over the pasta and then add breadcrumbs but you could totally just kind of add that on top of a salad as well yeah. well that sounds so good yeah that does hey i'm ryan reynolds recently i asked mint mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation they said yes and then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Moving on, sort of, from salads, but not really. We also wrote a feature on risottos. Can I say, risotto is quite special to me. Risotto is something that obviously a lot of people, I think, are quite intimidated by and think is, is a real effort. But I have a friend who I live with at uni who kind of knew how to make it and we made it like three times a week at uni and I think that was before I ever kind of heard that it was scary so actually it's something that I can do really well it's like the only good thing I can do really well but I feel like I'm kind of missed the boat on knowing how scary it was does that make sense we just kind of yeah. learn straight in and learn how to make yeah. a really good risotto yeah. um, but so then I'm always really surprised that people are so intimidated by it it's not intimidating you've just got to commit to it and I, mm. I think we've spoken about it before and Lou it's also in Lottie Jeff's book as well but just the pleasure of sitting or standing at 
a stove and just stirring for 20 odd minutes alone maybe with a glass of wine I think that's a nice thing me too what's Lucy Jeff's book sorry I said the how to be a gentleman one that Lou Uh, and I have mentioned many a time there's a a segment in that book about risotto and it being time for yourself to kind of relax after work and end up with a nice meal afterwards I I, I agree with what she says yeah I'm with you Charlotte that's kind of always been my like go-to dinner party dish so I haven't had any massive failures with a risotto so actually it's kind of like my fail safe Mm. presumably you don't use cheese though no but I think a good one takes a long time to cook Mm -hmm. and you just have to kind of give it the the time and dedication that it needs and if you just stir it really slowly it does give it that sort of creamy texture oh yeah Mm, yeah I'm sure it does I've never felt the need to well obviously I've never known what, what it would be like without but often when I cook it for me and Lewis he will add cheese on the end and sometimes he's like oh actually I'm like taste mine and see her difference and he's like yeah it doesn't mm. really need it to be fair I feel like the cheese gives it like a cheesiness but that kind of mm. glutinous quality yeah. is there regardless so I can yeah. see why it wouldn't matter Completely. what is your go-to risotto what do you put in it mine is pea mint and lemon yeah so quite a sort of fresh zingy like perfect kind of spring summer I feel like it's something that people think of as really wintry but like actually there are so many ways to make it yeah definitely definitely and Lude with your pea one because I like making pea risotto as well but I like to keep that creaminess if you separately to the whole peas you put in you kind of puree up loads of peas with stock and mint and then pour it in at the last minute and then it just creates this it all goes completely green then which looks really nice and it's creamy as well because you've got the sort of puree going through it as well yeah Yeah, that's a nice yeah with lemon juice as well it's good Oh, we yeah. could do a bit of ricotta. Did you say that? No, because of Lou, but you could definitely. Oh, yeah, sorry. And I, I would definitely have some mascarpone or something <laughs> yes. as well. Yum. Can I tell you also, just side note, we ran a feature on bruschetta a few weeks ago, like how to print your bruschetta, doing some kind of really thinly shaved courgette in the oven, like with salt, pepper and lemon, and then laying it Yum. on your bruschetta with, well, it's not really bruschetta because there's no tomatoes, but, you know, doing a big dollop of ricotta and then adding it all together on top of fried bread. And I did it recently and it is so delicious. So like our recipes work. <laughs> there's some really good ones in there. It was so, so delicious. I highly recommend um, looking that up. Harriet, are you into risotto? I am into risotto, but I have to say for me, it is more of a winter dish but I think Mm -hmm. that's because of what I tend to put in it which for me nothing beats a mushroom risotto Mm. and actually if you create it using red wine instead of white wine which is a bit of a hack it does get this kind of oh I don't know how to describe it but it's like almost like a coccovan type kind Mm. of color to it there's a meatiness almost yeah there's almost a meatiness Mm -hmm. and obviously I know that mushrooms aren't for everyone but I love them and because I'm not a vegetarian but I'm also not a massive meat eater to me it does sort of bridge those two gaps quite nicely so yeah Mm. big fan also like leftovers making oh yeah the easiest thing to do so that's another win always make extra that's a very good point in the feature that we wrote we asked six top chefs for their risotto recipes so they included roast butternut squash risotto that sounds delicious there's a pea parmesan and pancetta risotto maybe not one for you Lou but it sounds yummy Theo Randall gave a mushroom risotto there you go Harriet you can see if yours needs a pimp and this one this one I think is it has to be the winner it's caramelised scallops ginger and pumpkin oh, risotto that that's, that's I think if, you, if you're doing a dinner party it's good. that's a bit yeah. going all out isn't it yum well for more of those recipes and also for the salad recipes then do have a look at the features on the site we're going to talk 
a bit about booze now we've talked a lot about boozing in lockdown but more specifically we wrote a feature on uh, we called it 18 canned alcoholic drinks to try this summer tinnies I think is the uh, <laughs> the street name the, the, normal uh, name. About. the normal name exactly because once upon a time tinnies were well something you drank in the park with your teenage friends weren't they but actually there's a lot of kind of luxe versions out there now I mean I can't believe Heather did you put this together yes and I could have added like 30 more there are just so many many some in particular that stand out can I see this one the uncommon with the best branding ever I've seen that everywhere so cool posting that so cool and then there are these amazing roses look at Han wine and organic roses I mean like literally everybody's doing a tinny now aren't they Heather yeah I mean I think it makes sense anyway but especially now that we're only really meant to be meeting people outdoors and you know in parks or whatnot you know you need something that's going to get cold quickly you can carry a load of them and they're not very heavy and they'll stay nice and cold so yeah I'm a fan so what are the best what should we be trying so in terms of wines I think the ones to really try is there's Pinot Pinot who Mm -hmm. as the name suggests they do Pinot Grigio a white and a rosé one and then they've also just launched a dry white wine spritzer as well that's 5.5% so if you don't want you know a really heavy one that's a good one to go for and Um, wine in a can you know I'm sure there will be a lot of skeptics out there how does it taste I think it's just as good because you know like I don't know it just keeps it really cold and also you can take your own wine glasses if you want to to the park if you want to feel a bit fancier but you know what I mean like the the storing of wine in tin lots of people when I was reading about it lots of the companies say that it it does actually preserve the taste better Mm -hmm. and it preserves the sparkle in any of the sort of the fizzier ones better than bottles so yeah just like a diet coke exactly I think lots of people are genuinely seeing it as actually it can taste a lot nicer but it's just that no one's really thought that tins have been a sort of classy option for wine before so (laughs) that Pinot Pinot also has really lovely branding really lovely branding yeah no it's great and then also uh, Ramona as well Rihanna's been spotted drinking one of these so if it's good enough for her but these are kind of fizzy wines but they've got two flavours one is ruby grapefruit and one's lemon so they're sort of sparkling at the same time as being you know a wine so it's like a spritzer a flavoured spritzer I suppose so if you're after like an actual nice crisp rosé probably don't go for that one but if you want a you know thirst quenching drink that's a good one to go for and if you are after a crisp rosé there's obviously the Mirabeau Pret-a-Porter rosé which we all tried last year and is so delicious right really nice that's probably one of the nicer ones Mm -hmm. on the list actually and then in terms of cocktails Harriet are you a gin in a tin kind of girl I am actually I was gonna say I haven't really tried any of the wines in a can before I don't know what it is. Every time I look at them in the supermarket, I'm just, I don't know. I have. I know. I, don't, I agree with you. I don't know why I'm so put off by it. I know. They look like commutery, don't they? Yeah. Like desperate times on the train home. <laughs> They've got that yeah. vibe. I We've all been there. <laughs> no, and I mm-hmm. have to say, my sister who does live in New York, seltzers in a can are all they drink. It's the biggest craze. I think we've got a separate feature coming up on those. But, we have, because um, that is the drink of this summer. Yeah. So the hard for those seltzer. Who don't know, is it vodka plus fizzy water? Yeah, but the fizzy water is flavoured. So you That's what get, I mean. Okay. Yeah, so you can get loads of different flavours and different okay. intensities as well. But it's just mad. Like, they'll be having a party on, a, like, a drinks party now. They call them stoop parties over there in the city mm-hmm. because... They all meet on someone's stoop as opposed to a garden. And they order seltzers via like Postmates or 
delivery or whatever they have over there. And they just get these like huge bags of seltzer cans and just go nuts. They have it made in America. I don't know why we can't like now, thanks to lockdown, we can get like groceries on delivery. But I don't know why this is so slow to come here. You should just be able to order like a bottle of something or booze like at drop of a hat, shouldn't you? Yeah. Yeah. I was on a Zoom call with her not so long ago and it was a happy hour and she was like, oh, I've got to wait because I've got to order my seltzer. I was like, this is, this is a whole new world. Okay, this will be us in two months' time. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, so Heather, sorry, you said this is a trend that's coming to the UK as well. Yeah. So White Claw is the big one in America. Mm. It's not the best by any means, but it's the most prominent and that's launched in the UK this summer. And now lots of other companies are getting in on it. So I've tried a couple okay. and I was really like, not going to like this but actually they're really drinkable, which I think they're probably quite dangerous as well because they don't taste alcoholic at all. It's, you know, dangerous, I think. <laughs> this is so interesting. I've, this chat, when I, just for those listening, when I, when I asked if everybody had stuff to say about tinnies, everyone was like, oh, yeah, we'll try it. <laughs> Turns out we've developed a whole new trend. Fascinating. All right, well, maybe we can do some kind of taste test for behind the scenes or something when these cells Exactly, because I'm launched. doing a feature in a couple of weeks, so maybe everyone needs to try a few and yeah. get some group opinions. <laughs> Lou, gin and tin, drinks in a can? I've got to say, I know this is going to sound really snobby, but I just don't like drinking out of a can, whether that is alcoholic or non. Just the like hygiene thought of like putting my lips around the top of it is not my vibe. These things just never occur to me, but it's, no, a, very, never, it's a very yeah. good point. <laughs> yeah. It's probably really fair. When I was like traveling in Thailand, I was like told about the like the rats or the mice, whatever, that crawl across like the top of those where like they're kind of cans in, um, in storage. And I was like, yeah, not going to do that anymore I'm trying to think if I've ever seen you with a diet coat but you're already not a diet coat no, no I would I would always have a like full fat coat although I find it so weird how people say full fat coat because it's just full fat sounds like cream to me but yeah a red coke on holiday is like the absolute dream but a red coke from a can no 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 like they're always glass. in glass bottles abroad though aren't they it's there is something about glass bottle maybe we've talked about some podcasts before but like in terms of ranking of how you're going to drink cola of any kind it's Sorry. all about a glass yeah. over ice like that is how coach should be drunk always absolutely yeah. yeah great okay well we should probably give a shout out to the lovely Sipsmith as well and their gin and tonic these a... remind me of your hen do charlotte last year because yeah i think they sponsored everywhere. my hen didn't they yeah, <laughs> yeah. they sponsored my work hen they were everywhere maybe that's why i remember quite so little of the hen <laughs> but they are so good they're um the sips of fun. and also you know you're getting a really good quality gin then so yeah. if you are concerned about giving uh, beverages in a tin a go then that's probably quite a good uh, gateway isn't it i'm really blown away actually by how smart so many of these are it really has come on a, a long way hasn't it so yeah portobello road gin and tonic heather that looks great as well and um, that espresso martini from Kahlua as well and if i'm at the other end of the scale yeah Kahlua have launched an espresso martini again but what i is love it, about that is that when you open it it's got like a nitro foam so you can kind of pour it into two glasses and it's just a little bit fancy but not <laughs> like i'm it. not sure fancy is the word i yeah, use, word yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I like it it's a fun fun very fun yeah if you're if you're maybe for throwing some kind of 70s themed dinner party that's the, that's the one to go for that's the one to go for we're going to end by talking about fashion we put a feature together on how to wear your evening dresses in the daytime I'm sure many of us will not be getting to wear uh, well hang on we're going to be saving a fortune we should say because I had five weddings to buy dresses for this summer which I no longer have to buy dresses for it just means um, that you're going to have ten to buy for next yeah, year yeah I know tell me about it next year it's going to be expensive oh. anyway I'm sure we've all got evening dresses in our wardrobe that we thought we would be wearing for various events this summer were obviously not 
but that doesn't mean that you can't make them work a little bit harder so we showed you how to style everything from needle and thread maxi dresses Lou did you notice that I like snuck in some dresses that I have for some helpful insight <laughs> for myself and see where mini dresses slip dresses um, there's a little bit of everything in there uh, Lou would you wear this look would you make an evening dress work for daytime definitely I mean I don't have actually like a huge collection of evening dresses anyway so you know I love wearing sort of a top that I would probably wear with jeans I would also wear to a wedding with some smart tailored pants so I think now in particular you know we want to make our wardrobes work as hard for us so and I guess the rules have kind of gone up the window of like what you wear for what so it's kind of like well if I want to wear that fun sparkly dress I'll I'll wear it with my slides down to the supermarket but I think you know we don't want to sort of wipe away these months of our wardrobe so I think when you've got any opportunity whether that is going to the park to meet your friends or just dressing up for date night then I think you've got to make the most of the products that you've got there so whether that means you know yeah putting a pair of trainers to feel a little bit more casual I think it's kind of all about how you accessorize those looks so I think for Footwear is probably the quickest way to make something feel a bit more casual. But then, you know, a cardi, you know, a shirt over the top, a jacket, like it's so easy to do. And I think everyone should just, you know, have a bit more fun with their wardrobes now. Especially now we can see friends, you know, there, two months ago, it would have felt maybe a bit ridiculous to put on a dress just literally to go to the supermarket. But now, you know, we're allowed to be outside to see people. So yeah, I'm absolutely going to be making the most of, yeah. of what I've got. I've got a Zoom wedding this week, guys. Oh, yeah. I so fun. so fun. I was supposed to be in Toronto uh, for a wedding on Thursday. The wedding is allowed to go ahead because the rules in Canada have been loosened. But obviously, all our flights were cancelled. So the foreigners who were supposed to be there um, have been invited over Zoom. And like, I feel like maybe it's really sad that I'm really excited about this. Like one day I'll look back and be like, God, times were so tough that you had to be really excited to like get dressed up and look at a computer mm. screen. But, you know, you've got to take what you can get, haven't you? And I'm so excited. I'm getting like fully dressed up. Like we are. Yeah, you should celebrating yeah. this wedding yeah I actually Aww. had a little rifle through before to see what I could wear um, I've got a love shack dress which I think is going to make an appearance I know really fun that's such a fun thing to do and I think almost like I guess making the opportunity of any chance to dress up I think everyone exactly. should just make the most of that like often when we do quite a lot of zoom catch-ups with the team and a couple of people always dress up and whenever they do you're always like oh nice top nice yeah. earrings whatever and it's it's great to see people making an effort so you like Harry? Actually, I'm sure you you would have made a particular effort because you were on the show today. But you look so nice, making yeah, yeah, looking yeah. lovely, and I look so right today. And I keep thinking, oh, if only I made an effort. Despite the fact that we have been documenting our date night outfits on She Likes Instagram account, haven't really been dressing up all that much for date night. Um, particularly when it comes to footwear, like I obviously haven't put on heels for the whole of lockdown. But we had our anniversary last week, and so I thought, fuck it, I'm going to put on some heels tonight. And it literally felt like we were like a whole other thing. It, it really different that night from normal life and actually I was thinking you know date night or not where, you know you could just be seeing your friends I think I'm going to suggest to my friends if we've got a dinner in over the next few weeks we actually do like a really dressy dinner. Yeah, like do a property party outside get really dressed up because it's going to be the only chance isn't it yeah, yeah. Um, Heather I feel like we always ask it's, it's the same but you know presumably you wear different dresses if you've got weddings or big events would you wear yeah. any of those I have, I have got a Ganny dress that I got in the sale in January I think it was it was one that we put in a round of it's sort of like chiffon I suppose with a I remember. Big, sort mm. of pale flowers on a big roughly neck so I bought that for a wedding that's now not happening but I haven't quite worn it yet because I think because it's really white and pale I just can't quite imagine 
even if I wore like some teasers or something with that, I'd feel <laughs> it wouldn't quite work. So that's what I'm just going to say. Oh, that sounds cool. I think that yeah. would definitely work. I, I, don't gonna, ooh, I'm not, I don't know. I'm not sure. I think I am just going to save that one for next year's wedding. Anyway. I mean, I hope it's not too white if you're saving it for a wedding. Oh, no, yeah, I was going to say, yeah, disclaimer, it's covered in blue and pink flowers. But no, <laughs> I, mean, I think it's just, it's definitely, I definitely bought it with an occasion in mind rather than one that I could dress up sure. and down for a normal and that is quite hard. There's a difference between just having like the dresses in your wardrobe and making yeah. them look nice versus something that you bought for a special occasion and exactly. then like, oh screw it, I'll wear it today. Yeah. I bought my wedding shoes a couple of months ago and I still I remember I should definitely just wear them because otherwise no. it's gonna complete No Don't wear them. Look, you will get married at some point. I know, but I just think I'll want different shoes by then. I, that's what I was gonna say. You'll mm. probably want to buy a new pair. Yeah, so I don't know, but they were quite expensive and yeah, they're quite expensive white shoes like they're quite exactly expensive. if I were you I would just wait but I feel like you can wear white shoes like you definitely yeah, wouldn't you look at them and be like they're a wedding shoe so I could definitely wear them but it's just like the association that I have yeah. with them yes and also my point is more that that means that by this time next year you'll have two pairs of expensive white heels in yeah, the <laughs> maybe just wait I think wait I think you'll regress it yeah if you wear them now personally yeah. Harriet can you show us what you're wearing because it looks so fabulous from where yeah, it's like literally only see your shoulders um let me stand up actually oh, oh that's so nice. it's a black dress with big puff sleeves yes I have to give full credit to Trini because it was on one of her Zara shop ups that she does on YouTube is that Zara I haven't seen I was it Zara. Say. I got it at the beginning of the year and Trini on her Zara shop up picked it off the rack and she was like I cannot believe that this entire dress not only has smocking throughout the bodice which makes it more expensive but it's also fully embroidered, so everything on it, which is quite intricate, is like properly embroidered as a yeah, gorgeous pattern. Wow. Um, and she was like, that could easily be Prada. And then she took it off the rail and it was 59 quid. And I was like, yes, Amazing. getting that. Ad. It's so nice. <laughs> Great. Really, really Thank nice. you. Um, but it is a quintessential dress that very normally I would only have worn to a special occasion. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> lockdown has definitely induced me into putting more effort into my show outfits. And because they're pretty much the only excuse I have. Mm-hmm. But a really easy hack, I think, which is also pretty on trend, is the kind of like chunky sandal trend being back for summer. I just feel like I threw to go to the office. I didn't wear them on the show, but to go to the office, I just put my black Birkenstock Arizonas on Mm -hmm. to go walk down there. And yeah, I just feel like that dresses it down straight away. And then you sort of look much more every day and I can get much more wear out of it. Completely. I look at you with your slick back bun and your big (laughs) bow view. It's so trendy. I love it. No, it's great up. Very cool. Um, so you obviously are making the most of your evening dress wardrobe then. I'm, I'm trying to. I mean, the show, thank God, is a beacon of hope. But yeah, similar to you, we're having friends over at the weekends and stuff like that. And that I'm definitely getting way more dressed up than I normally yeah. would. But Good to see you. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to my humble abode. It, it is a bit like that because our friends are super casual. They're not into fashion at all. And they just come around the corner and they're like, oh, OK. And then, then you're going to serve them like Kalua in a cab. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's finish by talking about tailored shorts. The Bermuda shorts are going nowhere last year. They were quite a fashion item. Um, but this year they've gone pretty mainstream we're talking about this kind of like long dad 90s shorts for those who aren't sure Luke 
Do you have a pair? Have those Bowden ones arrived? No, they have not arrived. And I actually was thinking about this morning, I need to chase them up. The pair that we're talking about, we spotted on Sarah Corbett Winder, who is Bowden's stylist. And you don't always necessarily go to Bowden for trend pieces like that. But what a find. They're amazing, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, she just looks absolutely incredible in anything. And she just had them on with like a slouchy boyfriend t-shirt and some heels and like loads of gold chains. And they just looked really relaxed and cool. And, you know, I love that. I think they're a great piece if you want to get your legs out but not get your legs out if you know what I mean like this week it's going to be 31 degrees and I was thinking god if we were going into the office I feel like everyone would be having wardrobe malfunctions and thinking about what you can wear that feels appropriate that is covered up but you're still not going to be too hot and I feel like these shorts answer so many questions with that don't they completely agree would you guys wear them I feel like they just hit me at the wrong part of my leg and I feel like especially when I look at a lot of the faces in the piece which makes sense with a lot of shorts you kind of have to wear heels with them to make Mm -hmm. your legs look a bit longer which and I don't really wear heels so Mm -hmm. I just can't help but feel like they wouldn't quite look right on me but I do love the look I think yeah it's obviously really versatile and looks really cool I was going to scoff at you Heather when you started saying they weren't going to look right on you because I was like oh my god you say this about everything I, I but <laughs> no no but I do agree with you that you do have to wear them with heels unless you're super tall not even like from a flattering point of view but just because you just don't feel very feminine in them I think they need yeah. a heel to, to feel not like you're just kind of dressing up in your dad's clothes mm-hmm. so yeah. I do agree with that even if it's a little kind of strappy kitten heel you don't want to wear them with flats really yeah. Harriet is it a look you try absolutely 100% no for me <laughs> then, why not because I I'm only 5'4 I have a very long body compared to my legs my legs it's not something you notice unless you're me but basically my hips start so much lower than other people <laughs> so I just feel like I would be drowned by them I think if I bought a pair off the high street I'd almost certainly have to have them tailored I think to hit in the right place as Heather says you have to wear them with a heel or a mule at least to kind of give you a bit of height and to me I love the look when I see it on Instagram I think it's so cool but to me it's like very editorial and very tailored and it's quite sort of androgynous which is not my style my style is much more feminine naturally I agree if you're a girly girl yeah it's not that yeah I think that's probably why it's a trend that I really like Charlotte and I often talk about this that generally the summer trends are more sort of boho girly feminine and so for me that's a really nice trend piece which doesn't tap into that yeah definitely I just think day to day I look at what I've got in my sort of summer if if you can really call it that wardrobe and it's typical it's lots of maxi dresses lots of florals lots of lighter colours not as in today but I don't feel like it's very me fair enough and I think that that's exactly as Lou says that is the beauty of them so if you are somebody who struggles with that kind of boho feminine look then Mm. this is the trend to look at and there are so many good ones I mean literally everywhere Topshop Hobbs H&M plus obviously a lot of designer brands so have a look at the edit if you are looking to get in on the trend I think we'll leave it there thank you guys for joining um, and if you have any feedback at all please do email podcast at sheerlaps.com we love hearing from you don't forget to rate review subscribe and tell friends bye bye hey it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget check out Quince they've got all the good stuff shirts and polos activewear and fine leather goods all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.